This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Southern Health Future. Updates from the Southern District Health Board and Community Health Council. Well, emergency departments have been experiencing unprecedented demand recently, particularly uh, post-COVID, and it brings into question the whole uh, idea of how quickly and efficiently patients can be moved through their experience of the visits to hospital. Uh, Joining us on the line now to talk more about that is Jane Wilson, Southern District Health Board Chief Nursing and Midwifery Officer, and Kay Cheatham, um, Southern District Health Board Chief Allied Health Scientist, and technological, oh, sorry, technical officer, uh, Kay. Uh, forgive me. That's a that's quite um, a mouthful you've got there in terms of a job description. Very uh, true. Good morning. Great to have both of you with us. Um, so yeah, let's re- reflect a little bit. I guess um, we are still experiencing those high demands, particularly in ED. You're exactly right, and I think it's not peculiar to Southern DHB. We're seeing that around the country. Uh, and so we want to do whatever we can to uh, ensure that our care is timely for patients in ED and for those patients that need to be admitted, that they're admitted into um, a ward in a timely way. So there's this notion, um, uh, and the best way to describe it, and most succinctly, is patient flow. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about what patient flow actually is. Sure. Now, patient flow is really uh, a term used to describe the movement of patients through a hospital or healthcare facility, and it involves the care that happens along the way, the physical resources that might be required, and the internal sort of systems and processes that get the patient through from the time of admission through to discharge or transfer to another healthcare facility. So, although flow uh, we talk about um, in the hospital is our particular focus. Um, It is important about how we uh, care for people right at the front door. Do they need to be admitted in the first place or could care be provided elsewhere? And uh, when they are being discharged, uh, are we doing it in a timely manner and supporting patients to either get back to their home or maybe get an age residential care to make sure that transition is as smooth as possible? So why is it so important now that we look at this issue? Well, we've found that we we can improve our systems, uh, that we've identified a number of process improvements that we can ensure that we make uh, the care more timely for our patients. I mean, patients don't really want to be in hospital, um, and if they are, um, they really want that time to be as short as possible so they can get back to their home. Uh, when patients are in hospitals, often they're waiting for the next thing to happen, uh, whether that may be a diagnostic test or um, waiting to be seen by the doctor or waiting for a discharge summary. So we're wanting to make sure that care is, is as quickly provided as possible. And by doing that, we ensure that we can then provide more care for patients who are waiting to come in and need to be in hospital. So really, improving flow has got to enable us to provide more care for our community. So at Southern DHB, there is a process of, I guess, reviewing this going on at the moment. Um, is that the case, and who's involved with that? 
Yes, so we've got a task force um, which is really focused on um, a 100-day project. Now, the project isn't going to end at the end of 100 days, but I guess we're reinforcing um, a lot of the um, the processes that need to be um, followed in order to enable the, the optimal patient flow. So um, both myself and Jane and our Chief Medical Officer, um, Nigel Miller, and our Chief Murray Health Officer, um, Gilbert Tyra are really leading um, this, this piece of work. It does involve everyone though and I think it's really important to say that. So we need all of our staff, all of our leaders within um, Southern DHB doing everything they can to actually improve patient flow. So it's a real focused effort by everyone um, with the four of us um, leading that process. Oh. So leadership team have been really quite heavily involved in this. We've been spending a lot of time on the floor with our staff um, really identifying some of the um, problems as they come up and um, supporting the team to either problem solve those or for any things that they can't unblock, we've been looking at what we can do to support the unblocking of that for optimum um, patient flow. It's, I imagine, quite a big task because you've got, if you looked at a patient experience from a flow chart, <laughs> there's all, all so many questions along the way as to you know, where they move through the system depending on you know, the result of this or that, a yes or a no. Um, so I guess you've got to take your time and be quite meticulous and careful around this examination of patient flow. Absolutely. It's, it's incredibly um, complex. There, as you say, transitions are always a, a, a challenge. So whether it's about getting people home or whether it's about moving them from ED to a, a bed space. Um, you know, we have a very um, capable operations manager who um, over, oversees a lot of that for the hospital. But you're right, it's a really complex system and there are lots of parts to it. And so, uh, given what you've said about this really being an ongoing process of refining systems, um, in terms of the work that you're doing right now, what do you want to achieve out of that? Well, ultimately what we want to achieve is that we get our um, our patients moving through the, the system in a safe, timely way um, that allows us to provide care for more people. Um, you'll know that we have um, significant weights around some of our surgery times. We really feel for the people that are sitting on those lists needing that surgery and we want to be able to, whether it's somebody waiting for surgery or somebody coming into ED, we really want them to have the shortest possible visit with us because we know that that is the best outcome for them. People don't have a lot of time and I'm sure they don't want to languish in hospital for extended periods of time. Um, you know, they want to get effective, efficient services promptly as possible and that's really what we're aiming to do. And I guess what you're learning through this process now uh, in our existing infrastructure will be really, really useful in the new hospital environment as well. Absolutely. Um, a lot of our, our processes are around... Um, how we uh, review patients, um, how we um, have uh, patients kept from the different ward areas and what that might look like differently in the new hospital. And a lot of that relates to thinking about what care we could provide more in the community. It's closer to patients' home, use of technology, you know, such as telehealth is a, a lot uh, we think we can do 
to really improve patient flow and advances in new hospitals that are needed. Yeah, I look forward to some really interesting discussions about that as we get closer to the new environment. In the meantime, uh, you have your work to do. What's uh, most immediately on the horizon and what's your um, your next kind of uh, line in the sandal benchmark? We've been uh, reviewing every day with um, a very experienced nurse. Patients have been in for longer lengths of stay. So what we've got is, a, for instance, a daily review where we've got a multidisciplinary team looking at how we can um, address some of the constraints that might have occurred that are delaying patient care for long-stay patients. So our immediate focus at the moment is trying to reduce those waiting the longest and then um, tackling some of the, I guess, um, more uh, stubborn constraints that we're seeing that might be around, for instance, patients who come in uh, by ambulance or helicopter, etc., and transport might be an issue around getting home. Um, it might be that they're waiting for a discharge summary and how timely can that be done. So we've really got a number of work streams and projects that we're focusing on involving a number of stunner, um, and so we're kind of monitoring it every day and we've got a number of metrics that we are setting up to review each week. So we're hoping that we'll be able to see um, the evidence and also from a patient experience. It's really important. We've been working with our Community Health Council Chair, Karen Brown. She's integral to this whole process. And uh, the Community Health Council are right behind us as well. And so what we're wanting to do quite soon is to um, hear from patients who are in hospital um, about um, how we're going, um, what ideas we've got, what are they waiting on from their perspective, and how they can improve um, their journey. So I think it, it is a lot of a lot of different projects, but all with the, the main outcome is KFC for more safe time with care that does allow us to provide more care to more people. Well, perhaps we could catch up a little bit further down the track uh, on this most interesting project. Thank you so much, Jane Wilson and Kay Cheatham, for taking your time to join us here for Southern Health Future on ORFM this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.